0: Hello there. We are your hosts, Vivek and Pavitra from the Agile Coach Podcast. In this podcast, we bring fresh perspectives to you through our interviews with thought leaders in Agile coaching, facilitation, business analysis, and product management roles. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Today we have Junaid Iqbal from No Degree, uh, CEO and founder of Nodegree.com, uh, a community platform for folks uh, to really get any kind of help uh, if they're pursuing roles in tech or non-tech, uh, without a college degree. Uh, also has a really successful podcast. Also is a people first ambassador for Erudite. Uh it's an HR AI, HR company. Um, and an avid uh, LinkedIn content producer, loved uh, the LinkedIn content that you've posted over the past few years. And uh, something I just found out you've done 500 plus resume and most of them are like executive level uh, resume coaching and branding. So uh, really excited to have this conversation with you, John.
1: Yeah, you forgot. I also forgot I do Twitter too. So I I broke like 10,000 followers on Twitter. So I'm really just expanding my social media presence.
0: Congrats, man. That is, that is awesome. Uh, I'm so excited to pick your brain on, uh, social media, LinkedIn, uh, and branding and just in general. Um, let's start, like, give me, give me your background. How'd you start? Like, what's your story? How'd you start? No degree. Um, and how did it lead to where you're at right now?
1: Yeah. So I was on Reddit like eight and a half years ago. Someone asked Mm. for those of you without a college degree who make over six figures, what do you do? And how'd you get the job? Mm. The comments were like, I'm a claims adjuster. At that time, it was mm. database administrator, DBA. That's what it was called.
2: Mm. Uh, mm.
1: Surveyor, elevator repair. Some were programmers. Mm-hmm. And how they got the job, it was like my uncle, my cousin, my friend. Right? It was all right place, right time. Yeah. So I was thinking, what if you don't have the uncle, cousin, or friend? Because I'm yeah. an immigrant, and I see a lot of immigrants who are very hardworking, and they'll work at a place like Dunkin' Donuts, yeah. Popeyes, they'll work retail, and they're hardworking, they just don't know any better. And I was like, what if you don't have that person, but you're hardworking? Like, where do you get the knowledge? Yeah. And these were jobs, like, who grows up and says, I want to be a claims adjuster, or I, yeah. I want to be an agile coach, or I want to be a scrum yeah. master? Who yeah. says that, right? People say I want to become doctor, lawyer, engineer, police, firefighter, but most of the time, even adults don't know a lot about careers and it really depends on your circle. Yeah. So I searched up trades.com. It was for sale, but that's a six-figure domain. And and probably now it's like million-dollar domain because I was like, stocks and all that. So I was like, let me search up no degree.com. And they had the form that you fill out. You know, I didn't expect much. I think I got an email a few days later. I had an answer. And then I got an email like, hey we're willing to sell this site for you for like 1800 bucks. So I called a mm. couple of my buddies and then two of my buddies were like, yeah, let's go. And you split up like $600. But one of my buddies was like, Hey, we could negotiate their domain yeah. seller. So we got it down to like 1433 or something. That's and, awesome. You know, when I got the idea, I was like, Oh, this will be a blog. You know, blogs <laughs> were like big back then. This is yeah. like 2014. And I was like, I'll blog it. We'll get lots of traffic and we'll make money. Right. Just the yeah. idea like that. <laughs> Yeah. And then I did a lot of research and I was like, you know what? I should focus on being a job board, right? Because mm. you need to have the jobs. But I was like, let me focus on having a lot of content. Mm. So here's the research and marketing, you know, outside of work. I used to be an actuary. Mm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we're like underpaid data scientists. So they're like data scientists for insurance companies, but they're severely underpaid. Don't become an actuary. Go to data, data science. And My brothers, and actually, I have a lot of respect for you. Yeah, it's- I only passed two exams. Look, I was like, do I spend hundreds of hours on this career that I want to leave anyway for no degree dot com? Or do I put it into mm-hmm. my business? And I'm glad I did that. So then I stayed for a few years and mm-hmm. I got a different job because as actuary, you have to study for exams. And I was like, I don't want to study for these exams to maintain my job. Let me I got a data analyst job. Then I got like a product manager job. And then. One thing I tell people, I'm very transparent. So I live at home and I was like, let me quit my job. I live at home. There are very mm. few times in your life you get to do that. And I'm lucky that I have a supportive mm. system. Supportive enough. I'm not saying that my parents are the most supportive people, but enough that I could live yes. at home rent free, right? That's more than yeah. what most people get. Mm. And yeah, I just started networking a lot, joined a lot of networking groups. And that was... August, 2018, I started mm. LinkedIn like January or February, 2019. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I started commenting and growing and we met like a year later, but it's been like an ups and downs, you know, um, learned a lot. I I made the top 200 content creators on LinkedIn before wow. a fab icon, not this year, but the year before I'm like ranked mm. in the top, like 1600, 2000 creators. And wow. you know, these are competing with like CEOs who have like, you know, they, the whole world knows yeah. that. So that's cool. Yeah. And yeah, so, and I've done a lot of resumes. So as part of my services, I was like, hey, I need a way to make money. Let me charge for resume. So I started doing something for free. They got results. And then I started doing more. And I have a very unique process where I sit down with people for two to three hours on their resume, mm. ask them questions, and I write the resume line by line. Mm. And then the other aspect is I spend two to three hours on LinkedIn profile optimization, networking, how to apply, Cover letters. I advise you don't spend a lot of time on cover letters if you write one at all. It's not a good use of your time. Networking, how do you have these conversations, salary negotiation, and interview strategy? And by working with so many clients, I've gotten a lot of insight. So, and I generally Mm. enjoy it. You know, like I have someone who's, you know, it sucks. He got laid off. And the week before he got laid off, he was promised a promotion, hit his reviews. Next week, CEO shuts down the department. Like it's wild. And now he is, you know, in the final stages of and also, of, mm. right? Yeah. So I've learned a lot, but yeah,
0: let's go. So that was like the life story kind of. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. Um, so yeah, let's just start with, um, I, th- I want to focus the first part on the the no degree part. So where does things stand? Like how what's this, you, you've obviously created a lot of content, interacted with a lot of people without a college degree, wanting to go to this role. So where does the market stand right now? So
1: market is heavily favoring me and it's moving in my direction because 2014, yeah. again, colleges were cheaper. They were still expensive, mm. but cheaper, but pandemic really changed things. People were like, why am I paying 60, 70, $80,000 a year for Zoom classes? You know, mm-hmm. like before it was like the institutions. And then yeah. the thing is technology and startups favor me because startups, non-traditional backgrounds mm-hmm. and then technology. The fact is new technology emerges prompt engineer. What degree is going to prepare you for that? There are people just learning, getting involved. Mm. All these tech fields that are advancing and these tech has really paved the way because they have paid high salaries, our premiums, and people in other areas like, why am I going to work in finance? I'll go work in tech and I'll make double, triple the amount of money and work remote or have a flexible schedule. So the market is favorite. So newer industries tend to favor me. Now, obviously, I understand certain industries like healthcare and whatever, they have other regulations, but- my end goal is to really penetrate even areas like finance, because the thing mm. is, the issue with areas like finance is you could be the world's best trader. Oh, you didn't go. To, you don't have a degree. Oh, we can't hire you. Oh, you went to our target school. Yeah, we'll hire you. So it's like yeah. I'm all about what no degree is about is looking at people as a whole, looking at their skill sets. Mm. In some cases, the person with the degree is the more qualified cases, but yeah. in other cases, there are people who are more qualified who can
0: do the job better and they don't have a degree and that should not be a barrier. Right. All right. So, uh, Jonah, I'm coming to you. I don't have a degree. I'm actually, um, I was pursuing a degree. I thought I was going to be an engineer. Realized that's not my thing. I am paying attention to all the things happening AI right now, like Chad GTPD, LLM's company just starting left right right, center, a lot of big surge in tech, I have, let's say I have a semester or two of college where, where I kind of know what, what it's all about. Um, so what's, how should I be thinking, like co- coach me uh, with, yeah. with obviously the uh, no degree?
1: So, you okay, you want to go into AI, LLMs. What I would do is start following the people who are pioneers in this place. Mm. They're one, actually one of the top five AI researchers doesn't have a college degree. So now, if you look at the other thing I would do is look at the job requirements for right. what to get some of these jobs. Now, prompt engineering is one of those that it's like you don't need a degree and it's more about the creativity. So start playing with these LLMs. LLMs. Yeah. Start testing mm-hmm. different ones. Start seeing the pros and cons of each and mm. start reading the blogs Mm-hmm. Of AI companies. What a lot of people don't realize is the yeah. blogs of companies are very underrated because mm. they're meant for their target customer and these enterprise customers. Mm. So it's meant for someone who wants to spend 10, 20, 30, 40, 50k, 100k a mm-hmm. million dollars a year on their product. So they're gonna spend serious time on it. Go into it. Yeah, you're not gonna know yeah. a lot, but from that, you're gonna have to download white papers, you're gonna do the all that, start listening mm-hmm. to podcasts, start. All those people who are top, see what interviews they've done, immerse yourself. Mm. And this is something that you will never learn in college, right? Yeah. It's just something you can't. You need to have that hunger. And Mm. the other aspect that I always tell a lot of people is you get a degree, 10 years later, new technology comes out. What are you going to do? Lean in Mm. on your degree? No, you have to get involved. And it's more like two years right now. Yeah, (laughs) Two years. So yeah, (laughs) things are always changing. Yeah. Immerse yourself. I think get yourself into AI communities like Slack Mm -hmm. channels, Discords, Twitter groups, all these. Like I've learned so much Mm -hmm. and it's by being proactive. Like if you don't have a degree, even if you do have a degree, you have to be proactive and learning has to be that mindset. A lot of people think I'm anti-education. I'm all about learning and education. All I'm saying is education shouldn't be so costly and inaccessible. The other thing is education comes in many forms And Mm. the only sometimes, oftentimes, the classroom isn't the best place for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. it's not the only place to get an education.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, you went to college, right? Like, but the question is now, like, Joanna, if you had access to no degree, the podcast, the community that you've created, the AI revolution, the question is, would you... Uh, so, would you go that's a, even a different question would you need a college degree to get a no, career right would i need one no but i'm gonna
1: i'm gonna share a secret i would still go and i'm gonna tell you mm-hmm. why because my parents you, you also got brown brown yeah parents. look yeah, if it wasn't for brown parents <laughs> i would go yes. and look basically i got the degree because my dad would have murdered me like yeah. i know my dad's like a crazy person yeah. and <laughs> the other thing is it's an exchange for rent but did i need it no i mean my undergrad was I learned a lot of math and all that. So it was good in that sense. My master, like, yeah, I went to an Ivy League. But what I really learned, honestly, what what I really learned was how overrated that network is. Yes, it's a good network, but it's not a network that you can solely build on that. I built a better network by being proactive on LinkedIn, through Discord, Mm. through Twitter. Mm -hmm. The other aspect you also learn is that a lot of people are insanely wealthy. I was actually looking at something Only 4% of Stanford's student body come from the bottom 20%. And Mm. something like the top, like 80% comes from like the top 20%. It's like Mm. super high. The median Mm. income of a family is 160K. Mm. So, and it caused these schools and the favoritism towards these schools cause a lot of issues because they're favored to get hired. These kids have different life experiences where... You know, they're they're in trouble. They could get ten thousand dollars from daddy to cover rent. They get houses passed down, so they don't understand the regular struggle. And that's, in my opinion, that's one of the issues that you know. Product management is one of the highest paying fields, and they tend to recruit from these schools. And that's why a lot of consumer products mm. suck because
0: <laughs> they don't they can't relate to the average person. Yeah, consumer tech products. Yeah, totally. I have a parallel story on this, but I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with you know me being a sophomore and get getting yeah. advice from you. So, um. So I get, I follow these uh, AI sites, companies, blogs. I, you know, talk to somebody like you. Uh, Maybe, you know, I'll throw, even go through a program, like a short three, four months training program. Um, And um, I have Don't do a training program. And I'm going to tell you why.
1: Yeah. Normally, I would recommend a training program. Mm. I would not recommend a training program for AI because there's no foundation yet. Like if it's a training program like yours for agile, project management- Coding, mm. there's a structure and there's a path to go to. There's like 100%. Here's, what are you going to do? A chain program from prop engineering? Like, who's going to teach it? Totally. totally. Right? What are they going to teach and what are they going to go to? The, the field is too wild, wild west. In six mm. months, will there be a time? Yeah, but I think it's way too early to join mm. a formalized training program because it, it, it's so new. So I think in six months, a year, 100%. But I would not advise that specifically
0: for LLMs right now. Totally, totally. And you know what, uh, Jonathan, I'm gonna I'm gonna scale back a little bit. Yeah, AI. There's a lot of hype, but you know, I I just really need to like get to the market and be doing something. So I'm open to product right. manager role, BA role, entry level uh, tech role yeah. uh, that are remote. I just don't want to go like travel to yeah. work and sit in a cubicle. I just want a remote role. I'm flexible. So um, so I go I go experience? to the program. Uh, I got some experience in some sales, but, um, but you know, I'm very open-minded, very curious, very proactive. I can, um, I've got brown parents, so I can negotiate. I can like stand up for myself. I I know how to operate under high pressure, uh, dynamics. So I've got all that skill just growing up, um, and just being curious. Um, so um, and, and what I'm going with you is like, let's say I, I built up some foundation, maybe get a certificate, yeah. uh, program or, you know, one of the trainings, uh, that we talked about. Um, I, I want to know what are the obstacle what, that I might feed, I might get when I'm actually applying and how do I go about, uh tackling those hand, uh, handling those rejection from recruiters, to yeah. companies. So what are some tips and tricks that you got? So the fact is, rejection is a part of the process. You could be
1: Hmm. the most qualified person. You could have had the same exact role at the same exact company. Just realize, even internal people get rejected. Like, that's how crazy, because they can only hire maybe one or two. So don't let rejection affect you. Now, there's something called the ATS, the Applicant Tracking System. What happens is, companies get a lot of applications. It can be from Mm -hmm. 30 to 300, 500, and it really depends on the company. I think the average ends up being like 100 to 200. Mm. Now, 30 to 85% of those applications may not even be qualified. And it's really going to depend. Like my friend was recruiting for a construction project manager. Mm. Now he got 297 applications, zero are qualified because he got 297 IT project managers.
2: Mm. Then the other aspect
1: is it depends on your country. Like we're in the U.S., in the U.S., a lot of applications will be international and it'll say no sponsorship. And yet a lot of people will be from a lot of countries. Like I'm from Bangladesh, Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, Nigeria, South America. A lot of people are applying. And I've seen some of these resumes. Some of these resumes are their passport Mm. picture of their family, their religion. It's very out there and they can't spend a lot of time looking at these resumes. Unfortunately, I look, I get why they do it, but they've heard of like, I knew someone to like, Oh yeah, one person in Bangladesh got a job at Google. And I was like, yeah. yeah, one person. That does not mean that maybe it was a specific scenario and all that. But the fact is, all of Bangladesh is trying, all of U.S. is trying, all the of entire trying, town, uh, the entire town tra- is trying to apply. Everybody's trying. It's not your town. It's your town. Everybody in the town, the future of the town is applying. So it's like you have to like be realistic and strategic in that. Yeah. Realize that it may not be a job that you get your next job. It may be a job two, three, four years down the line. Totally. Now so the ATS. So they have something called an ATS. Scans resumes. It may rank resumes. My system would rank it from one to five. Some systems rank it from zero to hundred and they'll run searches. Mm. So I need someone who has sales experience. I'm going to type in sales. I need someone who knows Salesforce and HubSpot. I need to put it in that. I need someone who has CRM. I'll put that and I'll see the resumes that come up. Now, if mm. your resumes has these fancy formatting, people use Canva and all that. The fact is it will not be able to parse your data. If it cannot mm. parse your data, you're less likely to be seen. Look, when I... It was recruiting. I had 30 applications. I could look at all of them because 30 applications for five jobs, I can look at all resumes. Now, the average recruiter is looking at 10 to 20 plus jobs. Each job can have, think about it. If each job gets 100 applications, right? That's a 1,000 to 2,000. The hardest part of a recruiter's job is not actually the filtering. It's that they can't spend all their time on free The hardest part is you're recruiting for 10 jobs. You have to schedule two to three interviews. Now, scheduling with the people and the hiring manager, that's the hardest part of the recruiter's job mm. in addition to. So you have to think about this, that these people are busy. That's why they're going to ghost. because it's like, look, I got a set of 20, 30 interviews this week. Am I going to really care about the candidate that didn't, wasn't a fit or these 200 applications? Not that mm. they don't care. It's just simply they don't have the time and they don't get bonus points for being the one that gets back to someone they rejected. They get <laughs> bonus points for hiring people. They get bonus points for getting interviews and all that. How and
0: they, 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 uh, negative negatively right like if they don't hire a candidate that's they're, yeah they're not meeting the quota yeah their, their job is in line
1: yeah you can't be like hey but i reached yes. out to everyone and i let them know that they got rejected and i was very nice to them unfortunately well that's what they should do and they should give they should have space to do that but that's not what they're judged by you know it's just a sad mm-hmm. reality you have to understand that then the other aspect is now you you have a format that gets passed it needs to be good yeah. The average time spent on a resume is seven seconds, but it's misleading. Most resumes are only looked at for two to three seconds because they're like, oh next, 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 next. Because the fact is, you've seen a lot of resumes, and you're like, what is this? Like your for- seconds. Yeah. Wow. But think about it. In two seconds, yeah. you could tell whether someone has spent time on a resume. Like mm. I've seen people not put their phone numbers. I've seen people mm. put like picture, like so irrelevant things. So the fact is they're gonna look at in those two to three seconds, company title, how long? Yeah. Right. You see someone, oh, last job is a month. Next. Oh, they don't have the they worked at Dunkin' Donuts and they're applying for senior product manager. Next. Yeah. Like that's the reality. It's the fact is wrong location. Next. So it's like next, 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 next. Same thing. Think about how you browse social media. You Mm. go through two to three seconds. Oh, you have a good post. Then you stop. That's how you Mm. have to think about it. Then when they see your resume, you need even if they like you, they may only look at your resume for 20 to 45 seconds. And Mm. even if you get called for an interview there's a 90% chance that they have not read your full resume, that they've skimmed it. So resumes are mm. skimmed, they're not read. Because I'm pretty sure you've been on interviews where they're like, hey, Vivek, do you have experience in agile coaching? And it's like, dude, that's like, it's <laughs> a CSM on top. You know, yeah. and it, it's just the reality. So then you have to highlight your experience. So you're an agile coach. How many people did you train? What did you train them on? What were the impacts? Did you train an organization? Mm. People say, I train people on agile methodologies, okay, Mm. how many people did you train? And they're like, oh, I trained 40 plus people. What was the impact, Mm. right? Mm. Are projects getting done quicker? Are you able to handle Mm -hmm. more projects in the same timeframe? Are you able to handle bigger projects? Did you help people get promoted? Did you, Yeah. all these other things, did you save money? Did you reduce the amount of tools so you have to go into your impacts? Because the resume is a marketing and sales document that you have to make it easy. And you know, that again, doing this is not easy. That's why I spend two to three hours with people. I tell people like, hey, what do you do? And then they'll be. Like, I trained a lot of people and then I'll be like, okay, let's do it. And then they, they've been training for like four or five years and they trained 2000 people. So mm. what looks better trained large volume of people or trained 2000 plus people. Cause what does large even mean? And yeah. then you have to look at the job postings to see what they're looking for. Mm. If you, if every job says HubSpot, go to HubSpot Academy, start picking up some certificates. If jobs say Salesforce, go get that. Right. Mm. If, the beauty of tech is you can also create your own project. If you're in cloud, go get a cloud certification, do some cloud yeah. projects. Hey, I did it for this. You're in cybersecurity, get your cyber, you know, your A plus, your network plus security plus. Um, yeah. You know, get if it. you're agile, you're getting CSM, but it's, you have to choose, you have to know and you have to narrow down to a few areas because don't say, I want to be a product manager. I want to be a project manager. I want to work in sales, agile coaching. It's like, you have to choose like two or three so that you can focus your effort and go a little deep.
0: Love that. So, what? What you are just, you know, what I'm picking as as a new person is man. Like recruiters are busy. They're not necessarily mean people. They want to help you out. They they just got a quota to meet. Well, look, they need. <laughs> they don't want to help you out.
1: And I'm going to tell you, yeah. there's a difference. Recruiters mm. don't help people find jobs, and this is the big mistake. I see people all oh, later. I need to find a recruiter. Recruiter's job is not to help you out. Their job is to help their clients fill roles. Mm. If you are their target market and they have a job for you. They'll be helpful. If not, they will not be. This is a misconception a lot of people have because the fact is they're busy and they have their quotas. So you have to you have to make it easy for them. And if they're not, they don't have something for you, have a good relationship. But the fact is, this is something very interesting. Uh, networking recruiters is not a good strategy. And I'll tell you mm. why. Recruiters mm. talk to 5, 10, 20 people a day. Mm. They're not going to remember you in a week. Mm. You know, they've talked to 100 people a month. You have to network with people in your industry. Yes, you could network with a recruiter too. But the fact mm. is people will try to network with me. And yes, I'm a good resource. But the fact is I have like 10 to 20 people that here are my go-to. Here are the people I'm going to refer. Outside of that, mm. I'm just not, I physically cannot remember you.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent. So my my goal is just to really have that empathy for understanding, like what is recruiters' pipeline look like? What is the world? And then also understanding they have a job to do where they need to find candidates for the client. So my role, you're saying, is just understanding how ATS works, how the, you know rejection works. Just don't take it personally. Make the job of the recruiter easy. Have a solid resume. Work with a coach like you um and just uh what about like numbers like what do you coach people around like what does the networking number look like what does what about do how many what kind of volume do I need to apply for um what's your as guys many as that? you can because you know the
1: answer is different depending on you have a full-time job mm-hmm. whether you're working on other things so you have to have a balance I tell people. It's going to change whether you're introvert or extrovert. Some people, they can't network with 20 people a day. I could go network 20, 50 people a day. Now, the other thing is you have to be smart in your applications that some people say customize your resume for every job. But it's like if you're applying for agile coaching jobs, your resume is going to be enough. Like what's changing from post to post? Little details? Are you going to put dynamic and energetic? Yeah. No. Those things maybe you need one agile resume, one project management resume, one customer service resume, customer success, sales engineering. Yeah. If you're applying to different job families, then you have different. So you want to get num a number of applications out. And the quicker you want results and the more competitive, you're gonna have to do more. I tell people, try to get your like 20 to 50 a day. And the beauty is you can use easy apply. When you have a good resume, you can use easy apply. And then you want to network. So what I tell people is minimize the time spent per application and their automation tools like Simplify.Jobs. They'll autofill these applications based on your resume mm. so that you could spend more time networking and also time upskilling, working on projects. And that's going to change depending on where your skill sets are. If you don't know programming, you got to spend three to six months at least getting your feet wet, talking to people in the industry, listening to podcasts. If you already have that experience, you may have to cover like a skill or two. So it's, you know, I know this is like one of those answers, yeah. but it's, it's always, it depends. And that's what no, it's, like, hey it's clicking. It's like Makes a lot sense. of people think like, Hey, how do I find a job? It's like, hey, <laughs> I need to know a lot from you because you have to customize, you know, it's like saying like, Hey, I want to get in better shape. The answer is it depends. Are you 70 years old and you have prior injuries and you have to be really careful? Are you a young athlete in the teens? Are you recovering from an injury? Are you a college athlete? Are you a professional? Mm. You know, all these things, it, it always, it depends. But mm. you have to see what's sustainable for you.
0: Totally. I love that. Um, so what are other blind spots or things that people just, you know, people who are not work, working with you, right? Like, or people who don't have like a mentor or went through a program, what what else are they missing? And do they they, they need to like keep in mind about you know, finding, finding a job, networking, um, this process.
1: The, so one thing that a lot of people don't realize is you need to invest.
2: Mm.
0: You
1: can choose to invest money. You can choose to invest time, but you need to do something. If you don't have money, which is perfectly fine. A lot of people like you and I have free content. Yeah. And I've, I've had people reach out to me. Oh, I can't find anything. I tried everything. And I saw in my message yesterday, I recommended my podcast a year ago. I was like, did you listen to my podcast? They're like, no, it doesn't cost them a dime. So the fact is you cannot expect people to handhold you. One analogy someone gives gave to me is, look, I can help you up the mountain. I can push your back. I can guide you, hold your hand, but I cannot carry you on my back. And a lot of job seekers expect people to carry them on your back. Yeah, if you Mm -hmm. pay me enough money, I'll carry you on my back. But the fact is that's a lot of money and that's not reasonable. And that's not what most people need. The fact is you need to invest time into yourself. You need to spend time, listen to people because so many people make the same basic mistakes that it's like, it's clear that they haven't done research. They come to me with the Canva resume. They haven't heard of ATS, right? Because I can tell instantly in that two to three seconds whether or not someone spent time on the resume. Yeah, And, you know, I'll see. So the thing is, you don't need someone like me. I can only amplify... What's there, and there's only so much I can do. I cannot get results for someone who's not
0: willing to put in the work. Totally, totally love that. So, um, so you've you've done 500 resumes, um, 500 plus, right? And, and that's some like of these are executive plus, 1500 plus hours of writing resumes. Yeah, and some of these are executive level resumes, right? Yeah. So, what what are you know in just a few minutes? What are some things that just stands out when when you have so much data point? Working with people from uh different backgrounds. What are some tips for people who have already put in uh their time into just getting a good resume? They're, it's not great. Good resume, they've invested into podcasts, going through a program. Now they're in the market, but the market is extremely like so competitive. competitive, right? So like, competitive. Now, if you're like- if you're yeah, you might be good, but it doesn't matter. You're getting poor results still. If you're good, how do you get go from good to becoming like excellent like yeah. so that you can get at least g- good results
2: you
1: you have to use someone like me or rely on your network that's just mm-hmm. the reality right mm-hmm. it's just like if i wanted to lead a, a great project that's like 10 million dollars i got to go with a project manager with experience cuz here's the thing i don't do the jobs for people they mm-hmm. already have the skills to do the jobs i help them understand the game and help them market and think of me as being I do a performance review of their career Mm. and that it's like, I have to coach them through the process. And there are a lot of intricacies that you just wouldn't realize. Like same thing in agile, right? You know, when someone just got into the field and someone has 10 plus and they're telling you all these things and uh, they have a lot, right? They know how to handle so many situations. So I always tell people after a certain point, use a specialist that has done work in your area because that's let me tell you all the evp clients and ceo clients are like look I, can i do this to a certain extent good am i going to do it as good as you probably not and the fact is do i want to spend months researching months researching is months
0: that i'm not doing
1: and focusing on my
0: expertise 100 love it so in the job application process like you know so different people have different capacity right yeah. when it comes to applying like what's your advice? Cause you know, a lot of the times people like self decline themselves from certain yeah. rules or um, what's a general strategy sure. around like applying and yeah. lining up your first interview.
1: So what I tell people is go for the 70% rule. I tell people hit 70% of the requirements and then you should apply 70% or more. And don't, if you hit a hundred, unless it's your dream job and it plays well, sometimes you won't get called back because you're overqualified. So mm. a job description is a wish list. They don't need everything but make sure you meet the minimum requirements like if you're an agile mm. coach and you don't know anything mm-hmm. about agile it's like yeah. what don't just jump in same thing if you're uh they're looking for a senior program manager uh, senior python developer and you don't know python you only know mm. hello world or basic functions that's different so look at what they're working on what they need i know some people say just apply anyway you could apply it's just the reality is it's like if you meet 0% of the requirements you have to really get lucky and can you get lucky? Sure, but luck is not a strategy.
0: Awesome. Um, last thing for as far as LinkedIn, uh, what are some best practices that people job seekers can do um, when they're in the market when they're applying, uh, actively interviewing? Uh, they should be consistent. Let me
1: tell you something. A lot of job seekers they only use LinkedIn when they're looking for a job, but the fact is, it's like I've got an opportunity from people that I've met years ago. Like we met over two years ago and now I'm on a podcast with you, right? And you've seen my journey, I've seen your journey and I met you because of someone else I met on LinkedIn who ended up coming to New York City and I saw her and, you know, I see her post about her kids and all that. That's the power of networking. Networking is not a short-term thing. You have to do long-term. I think people want to break into Google and they follow these people who just say, oh, go message 100 people at Google, get a referral. Fact is, 100 other people are doing that too. Now, and everybody's asking someone at Google, Microsoft, Amazon you know, for a referral. But the fact is they can only give it out to so many. And there are only so many people that they're going to really advocate for. Build those relationships. Develop that circle. Keep following people who put out great content. There are a lot of people who put out great content. And I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of resumes initially from there. And that got me way farther than 90% of people. Most people... They focus on these large content creators. But the best advice on LinkedIn is not from the large ones. It's from people who are smaller, who share gems. But they may only get 10 likes. Follow them, connect with them. Like one of the best people I know in project management, she doesn't get too many likes. But if I wanted someone to teach me project management, if I wanted a project management job, I'm going to go to her same thing. There are some people who are experts in their area, right? There are some people extremely good in sales. There are some people extremely good in marketing. And I would go for those experts. And they're always sharing a lot of gems, whether it's through their comments or whether it's through their
0: podcasts. Amazing. John, I love this conversation. This is definitely opening and making a strong case for a deep dive second podcast. So um, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate appreciate you doing this with me. Uh, With that, this is a wrap. Thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: All right, that's a wrap with this episode. Thank you for listening till the end. We hope these podcasts are providing value on your Agile journey. If you haven't visited our website, theagilecoach.com, we highly suggest you for other courses and supporting material on your journey. You can also get access to our self-paced courses or learn more about the life training that we provide to become a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Product Manager. With that, we will see you on the next episode love and best wishes from the Agile Coach.